0: My, good morning. This is Judith Lay welcoming you to Manx Radio and to the podcast of this week's edition of At Your
1: Service. Manx Radio
0: This morning we're in a beautiful Douglas Church that's celebrating its past and looking forward to an exciting future. And I'll be talking with a priest who is full of enthusiasm, empathy and lively faith. Once again, our notice board is packed with a great choice of events where everyone will be made very welcome, and Ruth Rice pops back in to explain why seeing the funny side of things can be seriously good for us. And as we'll be talking about caring for people in God's name, I've chosen to begin with some music that reflects in its words a willingness to do that. Here I am, Lord. I will go, Lord, if you lead me. I will hold your people in my heart. Thank mm-hmm. you. Lincoln Minster School Chamber Choir and Here I Am, Lord. St Thomas's Church, here in the heart of Douglas, just off the promenade close to the Gaiety Theatre, is celebrating 150 years of continuous worship with an invitation for you to pop in any time this week between Monday and Friday when the church will be open offering hot drinks and homemade cakes and lots to see and enjoy. You'll hear more details of what's planned for this anniversary week as I chat to priest in charge, Reverend Liz Hull, who was busy with armfuls of knitted flowers when I called into St. Thomas's Church a few days ago. We'll find out more about those knitted flowers in a few minutes, but this is the first time that I've welcomed Liz to the programme, so it's a great chance to learn a little of her story before we catch up on St. Thomas's story. Liz, you're the priest in charge at St Thomas's. Tell me a little bit about your background. Before ordination, what did you do?
2: Well, I moved to the island in 1989, so I've been here quite a long time. I'm definitely a stopover. My husband's Manx, and I moved here to work as an occupational therapist in Balamona Hospital, worked with uh, elderly, mentally ill people with dementia, found it a very rewarding job. But when I started my family, I went back part-time with the first child. And then when the second child came along, and I was going to be spending more money than I earned for childcare and travelling in, I decided that actually I really wanted to concentrate on my children and be a full-time mum. Now, there we've got two vocations in themselves. The call to ministry,
0: now where did that come from, Liz?
2: Well, a friend of mine, Kath Corkish, who's sadly passed away, Methodist minister, said to me one day when I was giving her a lift, have you ever thought that God's calling you into ministry? And I said, I've been trying to ignore it for years. And then I thought, oh, I can't carry on with that. (laughs) So all the stages along the way, I thought, well, if I get rejected at this point I can count myself lucky and I can think oh I'm off the hook but um, <laughs> it never happened. so here I am I am sort of following in the family business if you like because my grandfather was a Methodist lay minister my dad was trained as a Methodist minister ordained in the Church of South India which is combined Methodist and Anglican unusually in the world and uh, I ended up in the same place that he'd studied 60 years after his ordination at Hinsley Hall, which was Wesley Training College in Headingley for my Easter school, but just before I was ordained in 2018. Am I right in thinking that your parents did missionary work when you were a child? They did. My parents uh, got married in 1958 Spent their honeymoon on the boat out to India. Arrived in India. My dad was ordained by a bishop in the Church of South India. Rather than being ordained here by a Methodist, and then he wouldn't have been able to officiate in the Church of South India because it's part of the Anglican Communion. And they were there for 26 years. So I was born there after they'd been there five years. And then my siblings turned up as well. So I spent my childhood out in India with brief trips home to England on furlough and they, and they left India after 26 years and then they spent some time in Rome for seven years as well. So, Fascinating background.
0: What do you remember about that? Were you very affected by what, you, what your parents did or were you very aware <clears throat> of it?
2: Certainly growing up in India has given me a, a strong sense of justice and injustice, of poverty and not taking what we have for granted and, you know, seeing people in dire poverty that we we just don't experience in this country made made me aware of that and also of the privileged position that I was in you know I used to say if I was born in the next bed I'd have been married as a child bride and had a very different life And of course, when you talk about justice and injustice, just within India, the
0: caste system. Yes,
2: the caste system and the untouchables who just by the position of who they were born to were considered unclean by the the rest of the castes. Where I was in Hyderabad and Secunderabad, there was a, a big Muslim community as well. And there used to be Muslim and Hindu riots on a regular basis and curfews and things. But certainly my parents had some friends, family friends, one group of family who were Parsis, another who was a Brahmin, Hindu Brahmin. He was a civil servant who'd retired. Uncle Krishna, who was very much part of the family. So my ecumenism extends to respect for other people of other faiths as
0: well. Listening to all of this, one might imagine that you retained a really
2: strong personal faith throughout your life. Would, would that be true, Liz? No, I had my ups and downs at school. I was very committed at times. I used to go and teach Sunday school as an A-level student. But then my mum was very ill when I was 19 and almost died. And I ended up going back out to care for her in hospital because that's the way things are done in India. And eventually she did pull through and I brought her back to the UK, to Birmingham, to go into the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. And there was one night where she was so ill that she almost died. She needed a blood transfusion. And actually it was a miracle that she survived Strangely enough for me at that stage I didn't see it as that and it really made me shake my fist at heaven and say well you almost took my mother away and uh, I had a period of time where I didn't go to church and it was only when I had my second child that I suddenly realised actually I do need God in my life and because I had such respect for the church I could never attend church and not be 100% committed So I went back to church after my second daughter was born and uh, about 20 years later I ended up on the ordination pathway. (laughs)
0: But that is a faith that's been tried and tested. You know what that's like. Yes,
2: And and I understand as well people feeling angry with God, you know, not feeling sure about faith, having doubts because that's all part of the faith journey. I always say that two legs of faith, one is faith and one is doubt, they both form part of our journey and they're equally valid for looking at and being honest about. Far better to be honest and open and discuss with someone who can help you and guide you on your faith journey than to pretend and cover up those questions that you have.
0: This morning, I'm in St. Thomas's Church here in the heart of Douglas, talking with priest in charge, Reverend Liz Hull. And after hearing a little of Liz's own story, let's turn our attention now to St. Thomas's story. After ordination, Liz was a curate in Russian parish, working with Canon Joe Heaton. In October last year, Liz was licensed as priest in charge at St. Thomas's. And that's where we take up the story again. I have to say that probably St Thomas's gets the most mentions on this programme on the notice
2: board because there's always something going on. Exactly, a very busy church. And certainly the staff down at Church's Bookshop as well have said, this is such a busy church and there's people coming and going all the time.
0: You invited Church's Bookshop, who were previously in Howard Street, you invited them to come and share some of the rooms here in St Thomas's. It's It's a partnership that's worked beautifully. But there's a special week at St Thomas's, and that's what we're going to talk about, isn't it? Yes.
2: This week we're celebrating 150 years of continuous worship. The church actually opened in 1849, but after a period of a few years was closed because there was a dispute between the bishop of the time and the vicar of Braddon about who could appoint the new vicar. Eventually the vicar of Braddon prevailed... And the church was reopened one hundred and fifty years ago, and the bishop was feeling quite miffed, I think, because the service only took eighteen minutes from beginning to end, so not done with the best of grace, <laughs> but here we are, obviously St Thomas's has recently come out of a period of suspension of five years where it was very carefully and and ably managed and looked after by canon philip freer and jackie who are still coming and part of the congregation and still helping out in numerous ways for which we're very grateful jackie's set us off on a huge project as well which is a temporary project to celebrate the 150 years which is knitting about 1500 flowers to go up the tower <laughs> She's (laughs) inspired by something she saw in the church times where they had done a similar project a church had put some flowers up to celebrate the platinum jubilee and we ambitiously set off to get it done in a couple of months and realized that that was far too ambitious a project so we're actually probably hoping to get it up by Easter next year but we've had loads of flowers knitted from all over the island and we're really grateful for everyone who's got stuck in and joined in that project. Just before we go any further, Liz, how could people get involved in that? You can see about it on our Facebook page. There's information there and we'll be keeping people updated about when we will finally get all the logistics solved and the the flowers sewn onto the netting and, and up the tower. And uh, the fire service have agreed to help us with that. So we're very grateful for that, too. Wonderful team effort. (laughs) And that's just one of the things. I know. So so come on, back to this special week, this special
0: anniversary week. What are you doing?
2: Well, today, as you may or may not know, is St Thomas' Day. So we start with a service, a family service at 11. And we'll be celebrating where St Thomas' has been and where it's going. And this, when I say St. Thomas's, I mean St. Thomas's, the church congregation here. Though we will also reflect on the Apostle St. Thomas's, for which we're named, but we'll be looking to the future. And the young people will be teaching us a song using sign language, which will be a nod back to Sunday school songs that have been sung over the years, but a fun and active service and we'll be thinking about ourselves as living stones and what that might mean This is such a visually
0: beautiful church, beautiful stained glass, and, of course, those famous Nicholson murals. So we've got things that are of architectural and historical importance, as well as just what you said. The church is not about the building, it's about the people people. who are within it. And so it's drawing those two strands together, and that's a huge challenge, Liz, isn't it?
2: It is. So we've got a lot of fabric of the building to care for. We've also got a vision for a renewed, a renaissance of St Thomas's, where we remove the pews and create a much more flexible space which will help so much for the many events that we have here like the Friday lunches where we're squeezing tables and chairs in all over the place. We'll have a fantastic open space. We're planning a cafe area along one side of the church, the church's bookshop, a permanent home up in the church building, disabled access, disabled toilets, a lift up to a a mezzanine floor, with a performance space. The Arts Council have been involved and consulted and they've been very keen that there might be more performance space and more rehearsal space in Douglas. It seems a natural partnership because geographically you're within sight of the gaiety
0: yes. of the villa. Yes. So for this to be to be an arts church almost yes. would seem to be a
2: natural yes. partnership. Yes, definitely. And we have a number of... Are very skilled musicians within the congregation and choir of St. Thomas's. And we have our summer concerts every Wednesday night where we have various choirs coming in. In fact,
0: your organist and his wife are celebrated musicians in their own country. They're from Poland, aren't they? They are,
2: and both fantastic singers, beautiful voices. Both often give us a solo during the communion part of the service and Thomas, a very skilled musician on the organ as well. I have a real vision for having this church open much more frequently so that people can come in and see the wonderful architecture here. That's the vision. And obviously, I know that there's a lot of hard work and a lot of fundraising to do. Part of this open week is about celebration and fundraising. We're going to have the church open from nine to four every day. People can come in, have refreshments, an opportunity to meet people and chat, We also have our summer concert, but we also have on the Monday St Thomas's School to come and celebrate with us on the Monday afternoon for a service. Because we obviously have that historic connection with St Thomas's School. And then we have a school reunion calling all ex-pupils, ex-teachers to come in at 6pm on a Monday evening to St Thomas's Church and and have a, a natter, catch up with each other and reminisce about the good old days or <laughs> however they remember them. Yeah. We have a celebration lunch on the Friday, this Friday, with all the usual fantastic decadent puddings that the ladies at St Thomas's produce, and if you're feeling more healthy, a delicious fruit salad. <laughs> And that'll be Friday from noon? From noon till 2pm. Is it necessary to book for that, Liz? No, no, turn up, turn up, and there'll always be a space for you, an abundance of food. And that's another thing that people can come in. They can come in and see the architect's plans drawn up so far. They're not set in stone, we're still exploring them and there's a complicated procedure for getting permission to do anything in a church building uh, which involves numerous bodies which all has to be gone through as well. But you have to start somewhere. Exactly.
0: With your personal enthusiasm for this and your willingness to listen and talk to people, you will draw together the the group that's needed.
2: I have to say that the church already has a number of very committed and dedicated team of the wardens and other members of the congregation who have brought the plans to this stage. They obviously were in the pipeline before I started, and I actually joined them for a meeting before I was actually licensed here. So I can't take the credit for this. This is very much on the work of the congregation of St Thomas's who've put this effort in. I fully appreciate what you're saying Liz but do you
0: not think that you have been sent that God has led you here at this time for this purpose?
2: Yes scary thoughts but yes certainly from my parents life and ministry I have absolutely understood you know that God calls and we follow and although I was slow to get on the boat. I I am here now and fully committed to being wherever God sends me.
0: Thank you to my special guest today, Reverend Liz Hull, priest in charge of St. Thomas's Church just off the promenade by the Gaiety Theatre here in Douglas. And just a quick reminder of the special anniversary week at St. Thomas'. From Monday to Friday, the church will be open daily from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. with hot drinks and homemade cakes for all the visitors. Tomorrow, Monday, anyone with any connection with St. Thomas's School is invited to go to the church for a school reunion that starts tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. On Wednesday evening, there's the usual summer concert starting at a quarter to eight with free admission and refreshments afterwards. And this week, the summer singers directed by Jeff Collier will provide the entertainment. And then on Friday, it's that celebration lunch served from noon until 2 p.m., no need to book. There's a place at the table for everyone. And if you're listening to this and live near enough, you'd be welcome at St. Thomas's Family Service this morning at 11. And now it's time for our Word of the Week from Ruth Rice, founder of Renew Wellbeing, cafe-style spaces where everyone is welcomed, supported, and gently encouraged to find their own pathway to mental health. Ruth has created a very personal A to Z of things that are good for her own mental and emotional well-being. And she pops in each week in case what's good for her might be good for us too. In Ruth's alphabet this week, we've reached the letter H. So, Ruth, what does the letter H stand
3: for? H is have a good laugh. If you can't remember the last time you had a really good laugh, maybe with a friend, maybe it's something you've done yourself, and maybe, uh, you know, just something on the telly, just try and have a good laugh at least once a week. I have a friend, Debbie, who has gone through such a lot of awful stuff and cancer and all sorts of things. And do you know what? When she comes round, we laugh and laugh like drains. We have a, a selection of... Um, different chairs and sofas in our front room because we've always been given sofas and chairs and we've never really chosen them and our kids say mum it looks like a an old people's home already and, and um, when my friend Debbie came around to visit me recently and she was all hunched up bless her because of uh, some of the stuff that, that uh, the cancer had done to her spine and I'd broken my foot and was limping through and we took one look at each other sitting on these chairs in our front room that looked like an old people's home and laughed and laughed so we could barely speak just because we'd both limped in there, sat ourselves down, picked a blanket up each. And I I don't know whether it was helpful to her. I think it was a good laugh, you know, even in a really weird moment with a good friend can do you the world of good. So there you go. That's my uh, little tip for you is have a good laugh.
0: Thank you, Ruth Rice. And there'll be more from Ruth's Alphabet of Wellbeing next week. And that's almost all that we have time for today. So let's finish with a look at our notice board. And we start with things happening today. Bride Sunday School anniversary will be celebrated with a special service this afternoon at four o'clock. Reverend Andy Fishburne is the preacher and there'll be special singing by the Sunday School children and the service will be followed by afternoon tea. The Mariners invite you to join them for the last service of this season, which is tonight at half-past six in St Luke's Church in Baldwin. The preacher will be Reverend Stephen Heron, and the service will be followed as usual by supper and community hymn singing, with a warm welcome for all. St. James's Church in Dolby are celebrating their church anniversary tonight in a service at half past six with music from the choir Manx Voices and guest speakers reflecting on where we've come from, where we're at and where we're going to. Tea, Dolby style, will be served in the schoolrooms after the celebration service. And on Tuesday the 5th, Tinwald Day, St James's Church in Dalby will be serving Tinwald Day lunches and teas from 12 noon till half past four in the schoolrooms. All proceeds after costs will be donated to the Ukrainian Appeal. Looking to the week ahead, and on Wednesday the 6th, Churches Alive in Man are once again inviting us to come together to gather around Tinwald Hill to join in a time of prayer for our island for all aspects of island life. Praying for the Nation is on Wednesday evening at seven o'clock on Tinwald Hill. In the event of wet weather, we'll meet in the Royal Chapel. And there's a warm welcome for everyone of all faiths. This is a time for us to join together and be united in prayer for our island. News now from Old Kirk Braddon and this too is for Wednesday the 6th when there'll be a concert to mark the 40th anniversary of the start of the Friends of Old Kirk Braddon. The concert is in Old Kirk Braddon and will be given by Cathy Quayle and some of her friends. Just the Tonic, Vocal Ensemble and the Renaissance Recorder Trio. It's at half past seven on Wednesday evening with tea and bonnock afterwards. There's no admission charge but donations would be welcome. Thursday night summer concerts in Port Erin start again this week with the choir Sheehan and Millish providing the entertainment in St. Catherine's Church in Port Erin this Thursday night at a quarter to eight. Admission is free. There'll be a retiring collection if you wish to donate and you're welcome to stay for refreshments in the hall after the concert. Colby Methodist Community invites you to a quiz night for all the family. Ollie is the quizmaster, and it's on Friday night at seven o'clock in Colby Methodist Church. Admission is free with refreshments available and donations to church funds would be appreciated. Then on Saturday the 9th, there's a 60s theme night in Onken Methodist Church Hall on the main road in Onken. It starts at 7 o'clock. There'll be singing and dancing to the popular 60s band The Vectors and the ticket price of just £5 includes supper with free entry for accompanied children. To reserve your tickets, phone or text Celia on 460 965, 460 965. And finally, there's a coffee morning in aid of Robert Owen House next Saturday the 9th from 10am at the Town Hall in Ramsey. Pop in and you'll be made very welcome. And that's all that we have time for now, but I'll be back in the studio tonight from nine with sundown. Easy listening music to round off the weekend, and I'd love you to join me if you can. Do please email me if you've got items for the notice board. My address is judithlay at com. So till whenever we meet again, this is Judith saying thank you for listening, and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very Good morning.